0: life's a marathon you know life is a marathon you're gonna go through ups and a lot of downs but you can't have the ups if you don't have the downs you can't smile if you don't frown you can't laugh if you don't cry everything that you experience is for is not only for a reason but it's to help you deal with that situation in the future help you grow as a person You can experience those joyful moments, those joyful experiences, if you don't have bad ones as well.
1: Welcome to the season three premiere of the Lakers locker room. I'm your co-host, Tejon Graham. Alongside me is my guy, the one, the only, Mr. Jason Little. Jason, how you doing today, man?
2: Fantastic. Fantastic, Tejon. Thank you.
1: So we're here, man. It's season three. We had season two as a wrap. Season three is here now. And it's also your birthday today, September 6th. So happy birthday, my man.
2: Happy thank birthday. you. Thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate as it, guys. How's, how's it feel to be 21 now? Finally, bro.
2: Um, Vegas, we're coming.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, before we start, bro, I remember when I turned 21, I told Tyrell this. So I actually created something new. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever heard this. So people, when people turn 23, they say Jordan year. When people turn 24, they say Kobe year. I created something. When I turned 21, I actually posted on Instagram. I did hashtag Blackjack year.
2: That was smart. I saw that. I was like, that's an intellectual move there. Yeah, Uh I think I'm gonna go put all my money down on blackjack, and we're just gonna risk it for the biscuit. OSAP kids that are listening, don't do this. But don't try this at home.
1: (laughs) I I, I (laughs) I think I started something with Blackjack year. But hey, man, it's your day. Happy birthday, man. Many more. Appreciate and bro, I'm just excited to start off season three with you, man. So let's get it, bro. So we got a great guest here today. Man, this is my guy. Man's going to his fifth year at Nipissing, his first year in the Teachers Teachers College Program, captain of the men's soccer team and mentorship program director of New Base. Please welcome to Lakers Soccer, my guy, Tyrell Chambers, man. How you doing?
0: Great, great, great. So excited to be on here. Thank you guys for having me.
1: You no know, doubt we were talking before we started recording, man. But hey, this is your first podcast, man. So, how you feeling, man? Before we get started, man, how you feel? Your first podcast, like, how you feel? I don't
0: know, man. It's open book. Um, I don't know, you know, gonna see how it goes and maybe I'll hop on again another time. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. I think it's <laughs> me, Jason. That we're excited to have you here, man. Season three, it's only right that I start off with my guy, bro. So, well,
0: welcome.
1: appreciate that let's get into it man so 2020 was a a huge mess of a year we're over halfway through 2021 you know all the stuff that happened over the past year with the pandemic and quarantine what are you what are you looking forward to the most moving forward
0: um honestly just just getting back to normal whatever that's going to look like whatever it is um just getting back to our regular scheduled programming um getting back into routine as well right especially as an athlete like it's a big thing to have a routine, being able to wake up, go to class, go to the gym, whatever it is, having all of those things taken away um, can really play a, play a, an effect on your mental. And um, it did for a lot of people. Right. So I think getting back into routine is what I'm looking forward to the most, for sure.
1: What would you say was the biggest thing you learned about yourself over the period of time in the quarantine?
0: Ooh, biggest thing I learned Um you just You just have to find a way to get over the hump, really. Find the positive in in things when there isn't much positive going on. Um, it, it's tough to do that, but it, it helps you get through certain days. And just finding the good and the bad can help you look forward to, to new things and new days, right? So that's what helped me get through it. And um just also trying new things, right? At, during the pandemic, it was the time to, I guess, explore things that you've always wanted to when you didn't have the time to, right? Learn new hobbies, pick up new skills. Um, and if you're able to do that, you're coming out with a new set of skills coming out of the pandemic. So it was definitely good.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely talked, me and Jason definitely talked about this last season, like, you know. If you didn't come out of the pandemic or quarantine you was something new that you learned about yourself or you evolved in some type of way, then you wasted yeah. your time. Because we had a lot of yeah. downtime to really, you know, self-reflect, you know, look at things that we could do better. Yeah. Um, Just improving any faster way of your life. So like, I'm really glad that you took the opportunity mm-hmm. to really do that. I know I did. I guess I'm pretty sure Jason did the same thing. Um, yeah. So we well, sure. talked
2: about it a bunch of times. The uh, identity crisis that happens with athletes as soon as the sports gone. Yeah. 100%. And I found, like, this break was probably the best thing to kind of find, like, you know, self-love and detach yourself from, I'm an athlete of so-and-so yeah. sport, right? Like you got so to know yourself better. better. Yeah. What's there's that? So, there's so much more
0: to just being an athlete, right? Let's just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's an identity crisis for people who are into a sport and that's, they put everything into that, right? And then that gets taken away. <laughs> And it's like oh my gosh who am i like what do i enjoy doing besides this right Exactly. because reality is we won't be able to do it forever exactly. so we have to find something else that you know we're good at and we enjoy doing and have a passion for and put our energy into that as well right so mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: so jason and i talked about it on last season for all the athletes that came on so obviously what would have been the 2020-21 season has passed we're fortunately able to have a season this year we'll get into We'll get into that a little bit later, but before I ask that question, I definitely want to ask you about 2020, 2021, what would have been the season? How hard was it knowing that there wasn't going to be a season at the time?
0: Um, it was difficult, um, especially during that summer. Uh, like after, after school ended in April, leading up to September, I was training really hard, um, trying to get my body right. I just was holding on to this hope that, you know, there's going to be a season, you know, this, this won't last too long. Even if we have a season, it'll be a shortened season. Something's gonna happen. I just didn't think that they'd halt everything to an abrupt standstill, right? So that was kind of like a, a punch in the gut, in a sense. Um, but you still gotta, you still gotta work and train and things like that. But it was a little bit different coming up to North Bay, um, not having games and just training every day, right? Um, but you gotta take it as an opportunity to to work on those things that you struggle with because now you have the time to, right? You're going to training every day, work on your weaknesses. And that way, when this season comes around, you'll be ready to, to give it everything you have. So.
1: Yeah. On the, flip, on the flip side of things though, over the summer, they announced that there is going to be a 21, 22 season. So we're super stoked to be back all athletes. I know for sure. It's been a hard year, but we are back. We are back to competing. It's going to be lit. So you guys are going to be started playing your games at the end of the month. So, First, first question I got to ask you is, how excited are you about coming back? And the second thing is, what are your expectations for the soccer team this year? Excited.
0: <laughs> to, sum, to sum it up, man, like, I'm excited. Like, I feel like we have a, a, a good set of guys coming in, too. Um, Some transfers coming in. Um, some of our old guys are, are coming back. So I'm excited to see what we can do. And I'm approaching I'm approaching this season as like a bubble, have that bubble mentality. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 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 a shortened season. Um, you don't know what your opponent's going to come in looking like, you know, if they're going to be in shape, if they're going to be ready. So if we can hit the ground running and, you know, get things together from the jump, we're going to make some noise. And I really believe that, strongly believe that. We're going to have a strong season for sure.
1: Yes, sir. Um, the question I have for you is, what do you think it's going to take for you guys to go as far as you want to go? Because year after year, watching you guys play, you guys have better and better. You guys have been to the playoffs. I think you guys have had home court. But now it's really taking that next step. So based off of your experience and being the captain of the team alongside our boy Devin, what do you think it's going to take for you guys to lead the team to where you guys wanted to go?
0: Um, I think, honestly, it's, it's a matter of being together, being cohesive throughout the entire season. Um, understanding that when you step on the field, you're, you're playing for the guy beside you. You're not playing for yourself. You're playing for your team. You're playing for your coaches. You're playing for one another. You come second or come last in that sense, right? Um, if we come in with that mentality, fighting for one another, playing for the next man, um, I think that's gonna push us to, to, to over the top and we're gonna see some results from it for sure, definitely.
1: The thing that I'm excited for the most about this whole OUA season and youth sports in general is that it's a fresh new landscape, right? Like the last time we played was for you guys, you guys started season early. So last time you guys played was 2019, mm-hmm. well, that was a long time ago. The last time that the basketball team played was February 15th, 2020. So yeah. it's been a whole year now. Some guys that would have came back or graduated from both sides, you know, our teams and other opponents that we've had in the past. So it's a fresh new landscape. So I think this is a tremendous opportunity for people like myself who are in the first year who may have not have had a great, you know, first year or those who were registers like you were once upon a time. Like, hey, like this is a fresh new landscape, fresh new mentality. Like, no one really knows anybody. Like you have a you have an opportunity to really like cement a new legacy for yourself like me and jason talked about this with other athletes on the podcast last season that yo like the beauty about is that it's an opportunity to build a legacy like you Mm -hmm. can go to all the big schools like carlton and the toronto schools like where people are already on the wall but here at Nipissing, like this that underdog mentality like every time people come it's like okay this is like a group of rough riders like people are going to compete they're not going to take no bs we're trying to win so i'm super excited for all the athletes you know like yourselves who get another opportunity to get a year back because you're fortunate, because had you, not, had you not done Teachers College, like some athletes, like you would have been done.
0: I would have been done. You're right.
1: So, mm. so, You have, like, you alongside Dev, you guys have another opportunity, older heads, to, like, you know, really finish the way you guys started, so, so you guys are super lucky, and like I said, for those who were first years, like myself, who either didn't play a lot or retro, like yourself, once upon a time, like, you guys have a whole new opportunity to really yeah. get some things going, so I'm really excited yeah. for all the athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's switch gears, though, so You're born in Mississauga, you know, you grew up in Brampton growing up. So talk a bit about your upbringing, how you got into soccer.
0: Ah, how I got into soccer. Um, I believe I started when I was four, five years old. Um, Always been playing soccer my whole life, basically. I used to play basketball as well. Um, But I kind of made the switch to soccer, put all my energy into that. Um, I started playing, you know, regular 10-bit soccer, <laughs> as, as, as everyone has probably played at some point in their lives, you know, played that 10-bit soccer, running around, bees chasing the ball, you know. Um, it was at a point when I turned, I think I was 15, 15 or 16, I almost quit. I almost stopped playing um, entirely. Um, my team at the time, my club team, um, kind of fell apart and guys were going to different teams, and I just couldn't find my footing at a, at a, at a club. I wasn't feeling the game anymore the way I was. And um, something happened. My, my coach my coach, came and saw me in my last game of the season. This was going to be my last game ever. Coach came and he saw me play, and he said, um, said I want you to join my, uh, my academy, and we're, we're going to start a scholarship program. Um, so from there that just kind of lit a fire under me, um, started going to the States to, um, to showcases and getting looks from college coaches and things like that. And then when the offers started rolling in, that was just like, whoa! I can, I can do something with this. And that really brought me to a, a different level confidence wise. And, um, just helped me grow up a little bit too, realizing that this is something I can actually do for a long time. So, yeah. How'd
1: you say on Nipissing?
0: Nipissing. How did I choose Nipissing? Great question. <laughs> um, so I spent my my first year I was in the states, um, and uh, it was it was a good experience, very good experience. The competition was was really really good, um, but I couldn't continue going there. It was even though I was on a scholarship, it wasn't a full scholarship or anything like that. Uh, so I had to come back. It was, it was too much of a burden financially for myself and my family. So I came back. Um, took a year off to work and figure my figure myself out what, what did I really want to do um, I saw Nipissing had a good very good teachers teachers college program and education program um, I applied here applied to a bunch of other schools as well um, but then I came up here for a camp and everything like that and right away the coach said I want you on the team um, and I said that's dope <laughs> that's really good um, and my grades were were we're up to par so i was able to get into the school and everything like that so i said this is this is probably the place where i need to be so i decided
2: to come here well i'm just gonna clear something up for there's a few viewers i know are watching this and we've debated this you've grown up playing soccer the universal rule if you get nutmegged what's (laughs) the penalty if you get megged yeah like in practice or in a game we're talking just Practice. Practice. Know, manage mags you sets you up. Um I don't know if we have a rule on our
0: team. We just we just go crazy. We just like scream, Oh, you know, but yeah. like you don't have like a penalty for the person getting magged? No, not really. I mean sometimes we'll oh. click each other in the ear or something like that, but okay. nothing
2: hey. <laughs> nothing nothing too crazy. Not crazy. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Okay, that let me down. On our end it's push up. <laughs> Do you get magged? You're on the ground. Push on the ground up. doing push Yeah. yeah so I fun. thought that was the universal rule, man. Hey, wow. might have to start something this year. I'll see what <laughs> the
1: guys are thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys are yeah, so when you got to Nipissing, you know, I think it was 2017-18 was your first year at Nipissing? And yeah,
0: you, I think it was yeah. Yeah, 2017, yeah. I believe.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then you ended up registering. Did you know that you were going to register?
0: No. Or, no, oh. so <laughs> came up. I came up to Nipissing expecting to uh, to play, to, to to play a significant role on the team. Um, but there was a setback medical wise, um, where I, I wasn't able to to play. So I was forced. I was forced to redshirt. They found. Uh, so I had to developed a heart condition, and um, they said I wasn't able to play anymore at all I wasn't able to do anything so that kind of um, derailed my career in a sense I wasn't able to play they said I can't I wouldn't be able to play ever again Um, so that kind of put me in a in a dark place for a little while Um, so I was I had to redshirt that first year being around the guys was a bit tougher for me uh, just because I was there to play right I wasn't there to watch my, my teammates kick the ball around so it was it was definitely a challenge especially coming off of a year off of school right i was excited to get things back going playing the game again but it was a little bit it was it was, it was a it was a challenge for sure that year yeah
1: yeah I, want, I definitely want to expand on that because i know we've had our own private conversation a couple months ago but you some someone you were someone that you told me you know that was really mental health problems and i know jason probably can allude yeah. to this you know when you have either injury or heart or a medical condition and you're not forced to, you can't play the sport you love it's hard especially when especially in your first year so for you personally talk a bit about the mental health aspect of that time for you where you struggled and how you were able to overcome that period
0: all was tough kind of going back to what jason said earlier about the, the identity crisis right like that year off that i wasn't in school i was just working i was training as well right that was my mind is get back in school get back to sport and that was just my drive every day and coming, coming to Nipissing, that was my drive as well. And then having, going through all those tests and things like that, and then finally saying, you're not going to be able to play again. I hit a wall, right? That was just me saying, oh my gosh, like, who am I? What do, what, what do I do from here? Where do I go from here? Um, especially being in a new school, um, not really knowing anyone up here like that, that made it even more challenging. Um, but I will say like, it did make me stronger at the end of the day. I, was, I did a lot of soul searching, like by force, <laughs> I didn't choose to do that, but it, it almost had to happen in order for me to grow as an individual um, and grow as a person, grow as a player. Um, and it's helped me help other people as well, going through different things, especially on my team. Um, so being able to, to, to go through that it was a blessing in disguise that I didn't know at the time would be a blessing, um, but it was really a blessing in disguise. And mentally, it was it was very challenging, very tough. Um, but I'm here today. I was able to get through it and found a way through it.
2: So, makes you stronger for sure.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, uh, do you find at all it was like a, a big smash to your ego? Like, for me personally, when I got injured, it was like you kind of were like held up to a standard from when you were in high school and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I got to compete to this, you know, keep up with this standard that people are right. viewing me as. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh my God, are people still going to, you know, respect me, treat me the same? Mm-hmm. And then you realize you're not that big. You no, know, I yeah. actually care about you as a person, not the sport. Mm-hmm. I found it kind of helped mature, like mature as, a, as an yeah. all-around person when you have to, it I'm hum- not sure if everyone experiences that, but. It does, it does humble you a little bit um not saying I was like a
0: very like not I, I feel like I've always been a, a humble person but I become I became more humble because of that experience mm. um having to go through that it was just like especially within my family it was like my family knows me as and my extended family you oh Ty you're still playing soccer or you're still doing this and I'm like yeah yeah I'm still playing soccer but then that year they're asking me that question and I'm like no <laughs> like i'm um, i'm not doing that anymore and that was that was was tough because that's that's who they knew me as right like and because that, that's who i was i didn't know what other side of me there there really was who i, who I was as a person not as an athlete but as a person and that soul searching was, was was tough it's a tough it's a tough process to go through especially if you you are not ready to do it yet yeah right
1: how old how old were you when um that happened to you? Were you 18,
0: 19? I was twenty. I was twenty. Twenty. Yeah. yeah. I
1: was 20. See, like when I we talked about it also last season, like that maturity process when you come from first year until now, right? So like when you yeah. when you're a young person, like you take away, like, the the stuff you went through in mental health conditions, just anything, right? Even if it was, like, on the soccer field, for example, right? Say you have one great game, and then the next – say you score three goals one game, the next game, like, you're playing trash, right? Yeah. But, like, people don't realize, like, the maturity level at that age is not going to be great. Like, someone like that at the age 19, 18, 19, 20 might be, like, super peed off that, oh, I had a great game one game, and then yeah. I'm playing trash, right? So the point I'm trying to make is, you know, when something like that happens to you, especially at a super young age, like, all these things come around your head, like, oh my gosh, like, what's going to happen to me? Like, am I ever going to play again? Like, is, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. at the time, I feel like the maturity, you can probably test this maybe, like, the maturity probably wasn't where it needed to be at the time because obviously, this is so new to like you were so young. Whereas, if it maybe happened to you, God forbid it doesn't happen again, but what's happening to you now, let's say, like 24, maybe because of all the life experiences you've gone through, probably would have helped you be able to handle it better. So, the point I'm trying to make is yeah. that the maturity process from like your first year until now was huge for you, right? Like mm-hmm. basically all the stuff that you went through with all the trials and tribulations that you went to basically helped you. I'd probably say, and I'm pretty sure you can test us after is like mm-hmm. you being a great leader on the soccer team, right? Because you have a story that you can share, you went through certain stuff so you can tell people, hey, listen, like anytime you guys are like, you know, complaining and, like, getting mad at this, but listen, like, I actually had a freaking medical condition. Like, I actually couldn't play. So when you guys try to BS and say, oh, I'm not doing this, doing that, so listen, I couldn't play because I was forced not to play. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that probably helped you become a better leader, would you say?
0: hundred percent. A hundred percent. I try to tell guys, um, especially guys coming in, um, I try to tell them this story if I can right? I tell them, like, don't don't take this for granted, you know, because I did at one point. You can't take this for granted because you never know when it can be taken away, whether it be a medical condition or um, an injury, because injuries can happen at any time on the field, right? In any sport. So you can't take what you love to do for granted. You have to think of it as this is why I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And if you truly love the game, you're not going to take it for granted. Right. You're going to get up, you're going to get up, go to practice, you're going to get up, do the workouts, you're going to go to those meetings with with energy, you know, with with everything in you, because that's where you wanna be and that's where you, you you kind of should be if you truly love the game. Right. So that's it's it's changed my mentality and my approach to the game. Um before that injury, I had this, I had this like kill mentality (laughs) when I get on the field you know like I'm not the biggest guy um but I had to play like I was always the biggest guy because of my size right uh so I've always had that like dog dog mentality within me I still have it but since that um since that uh condition happened to me since that got taken away from me um I've become when I step on the field it's just pure joy now it was There was some joy in there, but now it's just pure joy. I'm like, wow, I can lace up my my, my boots again and, and kick a ball and and jog and run with my teammates and go through these things that got taken away. So going through that again, I, my approach to the game has been very different and a lot more humble. Um, and it's something that I want guys to, to understand to a level. I don't want them to go through it. I just want them to understand that this is something that can really affect your psyche if you're not prepared for it. So you need to do that soul searching while you still can, while you're still playing this game and figure out who you are as a person outside of the sport, because there's more to life than, than this.
1: Yeah, I want to read a post that you posted a couple of years ago. And I think it's really amazing just because it really shows how amazing God is in terms of how everything comes back full circle. So you posted this March 27, 2019. Yeah. Applied the Ben Simmons rule, so I messed around and won rookie of the year. <laughs> Crazy to think that not too long, I was told I would never play again. Thankful yeah. for all my teammates and everyone in my corner. Yeah. Talk about how amazing it was after a year after having a hard condition think you would never play again to mm-hmm. winning rookie of the year.
0: That that year. That year was something else. I'll never forget that year. Um that year was was special because I came back um not knowing I would come back and when I came back it was it was uncertain if I'd if if I'd be on the team if I could actually play you know and things like that so when when preseason came around when season came around I just flipped the switch that switch I've never seen that up before <laughs> because I was able to do what I did again and I just put literally everything I had into it and to win rookie of the year um on that team on a team of some talented guys that was that was like almost icing on the cake so it was it was a really special moment I know my teammates especially the ones who were there the year before when I couldn't play um they were really happy for me so that was that was amazing for sure
1: yeah I definitely want to elaborate on the teammates thing right now um talk about the 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 bond that you built with some of your teammates you know with Devin you know Cody and some of the other guys that graduated before you know William like just talk a bit about because the reason why i mean jason named this the lakers locker room because as athletes where do all our best conversations happen in the mm-hmm. locker room and the locker room is a great opportunity for us to get to know each other you know have funny times mad times or whatever the case may be unfortunately yeah. because of last year we didn't have the opportunity because of the pandemic so some even our own teammates haven't even seen the locker room so yeah. the question i have for you once again is just talk about the bond that you've built with some of these guys because i've seen it on your instagram i'm getting to know you personally you know with all the stuff with new base which we'll talk about after this segment but just talk about the friendships and the real brotherhood that you made with some of your teammates over these years. That I've never seen so far.
0: Like it's a brotherhood, like you said, man. For real, like some of these guys I know are gonna be in my life for the rest of my life. You know, it's and that makes you that makes you think about. Sometimes you question why do you, why do you end up in certain places? Why do you go here? Why do you have these experiences? Just having those guys around me every day for practice, on weekends, you know, studying, whatever it is, having those guys around me, it's a brotherhood that can't be broken. And just being around those guys every day, having the privilege to be around them every day, it's it's truly a blessing,
1: truly a blessing. Like what you've been hearing so far? make sure to follow us on IG at Lakers locker room and subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're at it, where you can find clips of all our episodes and video content associated with the podcast. Part two of the Lakers locker room starts now. So we want to switch gears now, new base. So it was, it was a great opportunity that, you know, that I helped co-found a lot with, you know, Quentin and Shannon, and who have now graduated. Now, you know, you hopped on board as a mentorship program director, for you personally, just over your time, you know, in Nipissing and North Bay, why was it so important for you to be a part of New Base?
2: Um,
0: well, it, it started, as Tejan, as you know, it started during that summer. Um, summer George Floyd was murdered. Um, and then the statement that, that was put out by, by our school. Um, I remember exactly where I was when I was reading that. I was in, I was in my backyard and I read the statement, and I think I was with a friend. I don't remember if I was with a friend or if I was by myself, but I read it, and I, I was just so confused. <laughs> I was genuinely shocked and just, what's going on? I remember I remember going inside. My mom was in the kitchen at the time. I went inside, and I showed my mom the statement, and then she was just as confused as I was. <laughs> And it was, it was that in itself was just that for me, it just felt like it was, I was not truly accepted for who I was as a person. Like I was looked at not as an individual and as a person, but instead based off of um, the color of my skin, it was being it was just being ignored, you know? And when I heard, I when I heard that Tejan, you wanted to start new base and, and what it would be about, I knew immediately that this was something that I needed to be a part of. If I wanted to see real change and kind of walk the walk, right? I can say all these things and 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 try to be for it, but I need to take action. And because you took the first step, I really appreciate you taking the first step. Um, I was able to jump on board and play, a, and play a role in it, which I'm very grateful and happy that I did.
1: Yeah, and I think... And I said this before, like the beauty about the pandemic was just even from, a st- if we're talking to for a second, like the good thing about the pandemic, like from a societal aspect is that like you finally saw all the flaws. You saw all the holes are poked in with society, right? You saw, you know, with George Floyd game where, you know, you saw the systematic oppression, the job hiring process, racial profiling, and most importantly, when we're talking with Canada specifically that... Racism happens here too. Like, yes, all this stuff happened to the US and US glamorized you know, what the police brutality and all that type of stuff. But don't get it mistaken, like all this stuff happens here too. We're seeing it right now with obviously all the stuff that's going on with um, you know, the un- unmarked race for indigenous people. Now, for me personally, I was fortunate enough to be able to be taught this stuff starting when I was 13 in the eighth grade. But for some people, they did not be taught, they were not taught this. So some people are seeing this for the first time like oh my gosh like this happened in this country like yes like Mm -hmm. for those who don't know like i'll tell you a quick story when i was 17 when i was in grade 12 my first grade 12 year um i was in religion class and one of my my religion teachers like i think we're talking about the indigenous schools and stuff like that and he was like yo search up um can someone please search for me um when the last indigenous school closed i was like yeah i'll do it and i was in the back i remember i was in the back of the classroom i told my teachers like i was like mr coates like the last school closed in Saskatchewan in 1996 like, he was shocked and looked at me. He was like, I was 16. Mm-hmm. He was like, I was still in high school. No, and, like, and I didn't nothing. even know it. I was like, whoa. So, like, the point I'm trying to make is, like, all this stuff that happened with, you know, the indigenous schools for, like, you know, over 150 plus years only ended 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, like, the point of, the point I'm trying to make is all these groups that are starting at all these schools, you know, with, that's the point why you talk about Actors for Change. I'm not going to get into it because I'm talking to you, but. The point I'm trying to make is that's why you see all these student athletes with, you know, at our school, at, you know, U of T, Ottawa, Carlton, like all these student athletes are seeing these things like, okay, Mm -hmm. we're more than just kids athletes. Like we, and the good, like I said, the good thing about the pandemic was that we realized that we actually have a voice and we actually have a platform to speak on these things because when we go to universities like we're usually the first thing that people see in terms of athletes especially in the small community like north bay right like you see us on oe tv you see us on the buses you see us in the pamphlets you see us in the gym you see us the community wearing nimbuson gear like you're wearing your nimbuson sweater right now you know what i'm saying so like it really gave people it really showed us athletes that when we actually come together and use our voice that we can actually like make a difference and it really showed too that the pandemic gave us, especially like my me and Quentin and Shannon, we talked about this before, like had George Floyd happened and we still had a 2020-21 season, I don't think we would have started a new base because I don't think we would have actually had the time to actually like build a property because for those who don't know, like myself, Quentin, Shannon, Kai built new base for like a good three to four months. Like We had to do the constitution. We had to get our executives in order. We had to create a logo. like all these, every time we hear other school stories talking about, oh, we actually had staff people help us we had all this stuff. I'm like, we didn't have any of that. Like the new student union gave us as much support as they can, but for the most part, like we were the, and not to brag, but like we were the epitome of like self-made. Mm-hmm. So the basic to circle back with everything I said was that we realized the amazing opportunity that we have as athletes. So listen, we don't, we're not playing our sport online school That this world is messed up. Like we actually have a chance to make change now. And, like, and we always wanted to do it, but this was actually the perfect opportunity to do it because if not now, when?
0: Yeah, it's true because, like you said, it's it's probably not going to happen if you're in season, you're practicing every day, you're, you have games like the time it takes to, to do everything that you guys had to do. It's it's not going to happen, you know, and like you said, certain things that happen, things happen for a reason. Certain things happen for a reason. Right. So this pandemic gave us the opportunity to to start something like this. And it was I'm glad we did. Very glad we did.
1: Yeah, we got some exciting things going on right now. Um, we have a lot of things planned for this year, um, but for specifically for you, um, you're a mentorship program director. Yeah, Talk a bit about what that is, talk about what you do, and talk about some of the things that we're looking to do with our mentorship program this year for those who don't know about, obviously, new-based mentorship program because it hasn't been really put out there yet.
0: Yeah. So the mentorship program is essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to build an inclusive envi- environment for, um, for everybody. Right, especially in the North Bay community and at our school. Um, so, what that entails is is education. Education is essentially the key to, to almost everything, right? Especially going to Nipissing, you know, we have a big education program. So, <laughs> it just goes hand in hand, right? Um, but no, what we're looking to do is we're looking to, to go into um, the local high schools in North Bay um, and deliver them a, a presentation. Deliver them a presentation about, essentially about racism, um, how to talk to people about racism, how to deal with racism if it happens, um, and just essentially how to educate others and themselves about the pressures and um, not only the pressures, but the challenges that are faced by people of color. Um, in the community in North Bay and just in general because especially with high school kids um, they're going to go off to university whether that be at Nipissing or um, to other schools across Ontario or join the workforce they're going to see people that are different than them right so if you know how to handle and deal with people that are different from you that just makes it a more inclusive and diverse and just a better place for everyone to be and feel welcome and feel like they're comfortable and feel at home in their environment. So essentially that's what we're trying to do with the mentorship program. Um, just trying to educate and trying to, I guess, uplift everybody.
1: I definitely want to um, also touch on your um, tutoring business. So I also know, get to know as well, you also have a tutoring business. Now this is going to tie into my next question, but I first want to give you the opportunity to talk to also a little bit about your tutoring business. You know, how, what's the name of it? How did you start it? Why did you start it? Sure.
0: Um, so another opportunity because of the pandemic. <laughs> um, I told first, I told myself because the year prior I was working part time um, along with school and along with soccer, so that was taking a lot out of me mentally, physically. I was always tired, um, and I saw my my grades took a hit because of that. Right, because I was dedicating so much time to um, to a lot of things besides school. Right. So because of that, my grades took a hit um, and entering into this past school year, I said, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) I said, I'm not putting myself in that position to to fail um, just to get by, just to have a little money and, you know, pay for groceries and things like that. Um, So I said to myself, I'm going to use this opportunity to to use my knowledge and use what I'm good at and and start something. So I started my my business uh, back in September of 2020, um, strictly virtual tutoring. I have a, a couple other tutors that were willing friends, friends that were also tutors that wanted to to join and you know um, make some extra money and also get their 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 um, experience in the teaching field because that's what they wanted to do as well, right? Um, and it's been It's been truly a success. I feel I can honestly say it's been successful. Um, I didn't have to work part time. (laughs) I was able to make my own schedule. Um, I was making money on top of that. And it's really helped me open my eyes to say yes, education, um, working with kids, seeing that light bulb go off when they when they figure something out. is really something i want to see every day and because because of that i was able to to grow it a little bit more i'm still growing it um plan to keep it running for a little while so i think it's something that really benefited me coming out of 2020 out of especially going through a difficult year like that for everybody
1: so yeah before I continue, I definitely want to give the opportunity, as Jason loves to say, shameless plug. Do you want to, you know, say what the name of this, Instagram, all that type of stuff before I continue? Give yourself the opportunity to shout yourself out.
0: My IG, sure. Um, what is my handle? That's a good question.
1: <laughs> so what is the name of the business? I know it is, but what's the name of your tutoring business? What's the name?
0: Think my, the name, okay, okay. Name of my tutoring business, Think Twice, Think Twice Academy.
1: Okay, we got the IG. You know, do you remember the IG? IG
0: is T2. So the number two, yeah, two-two yeah. uh,
1: academy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to give you the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. The reason why I wanted to bring up your training business along with the mentorship program was because I've learned over this past year the importance of mentorship. You know, yeah. everyone has their why in terms of all, especially with student athletes, you know, was doing the stuff that I'm doing, right? So mm. every student athlete has their why. My why has really been mentorship, right? Like I the reason why I've been so focused on all the stuff and new base and all the stuff that I do with social justice wise because of the mentorship regarding I realized that I was very fortunate I'm very fortunate in terms of I, I'm not I don't fit the stereotype I don't did not grow up with a single mom I actually had my father in my life mm-hmm. so my father pushed me and my older brother f- so hard on my life and I didn't understand why and he was saying it was because you know the education factor right like you already, my dad was saying from like I was seven, you know, you have a strike against you because of color of skin. You have a strike against you because you're black, right? Yeah. And I didn't realize, like, you know, because at the summertime, like, there'd be kids outside going to Wonderland and going to trips and going on vacations. Like, daddy, why am why am I Why am I home doing math books and reading and essays yeah. and stuff like that? And he was pushing me because the education. Anyways, yeah. the point I'm trying to make is, I had examples of my father pushing me and my older brother because my older brother graduated university when I was 13, going to 14 years old, so I was in eighth grade. Yeah. So seeing him walk across the stage, seeing his name being called, see him now with two degrees because he has his degree in um, computer um, computer engineering from U of T and he has, also has his B. Ed from York. Mm-hmm. So he's got two degrees. So yeah. I was fortunate enough in my own household to see two examples of black excellence growing up. Mm-hmm. For me, like I said, I'm lucky because a lot of kids don't have that. Like, there are some people that just don't have those examples of black excellence in life from this context because... Everyone that grows up, I think we all have this, you know, we all, we all want, we're all little kids and so you always say, you know, I want to be a, one day I want to be a fireman the next day I want to be a police officer and then I want to be a doctor and like all this stuff, right? Yeah. As we're younger, we all have this excitement that so we want to be this, this, and this. The sad part of it, especially when we talk about modernist communities is as you get older to like, you know, the preteen years and definitely the high school teenage years, people start to lose that passion because they don't see the finish line. They don't see the end goal because there's no one in their in their position that looks like them. Mm-hmm. So for me, the mentorship aspect was so important because I want to be the example, because when I was growing up, I was actually in special education, like I actually had speech delayment. Um, I was tested a lot when I was younger. They didn't think I could ever speak another language because my dad put my brother in a French program. So they asked him, do you think he's speak another language? They said, no, mm-hmm. they they didn't think I could ever be in regular classes because they thought my reading comprehension was too low. They thought that my skills were too low. So right. when I started special education in the first grade, they wanted me to, they wanted me to be in there up in the high school. And after one year, I was ready to come out. So my mom thought I was ready to come out. Even one of my teachers were ready to come out. But the same speech therapist was like, "No, no, no. Like he needs this, blah, blah, blah." And then, I was then after one year, I was ready to come out. From that point on, like I said, graduate high school. I graduated my IB certificate, got my French certificate, and now I'm on my way to get a business degree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So basically, the point I'm trying to make is the reason why I'm going so hard. Like I said, is because I want to be that example and say, you know, listen, like you can start off your life with trials and tribulations, but with all the stuff that's going on now, like just keep pushing because even when it seems like there's nothing at the end of the tunnel, all these new opportunities are coming up because people are starting to make it a priority because people, yeah. like I said at the beginning, like people are seeing now the flaws and holes in society, you know, with job hiring process. Like that's why the job I work for right now, now, like the black talent initiative is because they realize that, you know, people are looking for black talent, but they don't know where to find them. Mm-hmm. So my thing is like, if, i i'm trying to inspire like the young kids to listen like just even when it seems like you know it doesn't look like oh it's gonna be great and all type of stuff like just keep pushing because at the end of the day like there's opportunities being created for bipoc students to benefit from Mm -hmm. and as long as you keep pushing putting yourself in that position to be successful you're going to get those opportunities Mm -hmm. so that's my why but my question for you is because i really see like you are really passionate about you know helping kids like education what is your why in terms of why mentorship is so important to get back to the younger generation?
0: Um, biggest thing for me is I think you kind of touched on it is just not seeing um, not seeing people like myself in in, in that position. Um, not only that I had my own personal experiences in school um, me
1: too.
0: you know where because of the color of my skin I've been judged I've been judged by students judged by teachers it's something that you have to live with unfortunately um but you have to find a way to overcome it find a way to, to turn it into into a, a drive make push you to be something something greater than that person who's trying to belittle you or put you in a category um, so my why that's that's a part of my why um i love helping i love helping people that's just what I do, <laughs> whether it be within education, outside of education. I just want to see people be the best version of themselves and whatever that is. I want to help them reach that that goal. Um, and it so happens that education, I feel, is one of the better ways for kids to, to, to find out what their strengths are, find out what they like, find out what they're good at, and then hopefully lead them down a path where they can um, use that energy, find that drive and pursue that through education or whatever avenue they decide to do, helping them along the way, whether it be with school or without. So that's, that's basically what I, what my drive is. And just my family, really My family just pushes me to, to be the best version of myself. So,
1: yeah. yeah. And I said this before too, that, you know, the point, the purpose of like us trying to get back knowledge to like, you know, these young kids is like, they might have a better way, but you yeah. saw obviously from back then, you know, with the sixties and all, you know, our parents and our grandparents, and stuff like that, obviously the stuff they tried the best, but, you know, obviously some stuff came about it, but not the whole job was a finish. Now we see now with us and, you know, the social media age and stuff like that, there's so many things that people are doing now to, you know, all creating groups and hashtags and, you know, blackout Tuesday last year and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So with us giving our knowledge to the young kids, they might have a better way they might have some ideas that we didn't think of that could be more effective, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. It's, it's preferred. Like our goals as like, you know, older heads, especially going to the young kids. is like, yo, listen, like this is how we did it. Now you don't have to do it this way. If you have a better idea how to get things done more effectively, please do it. The only thing that we're trying to give you is just showing that, Hey, listen, like it's possible to you know, look like us and like do stuff, but Hey, if you got a better way, please, by all means do it. Yeah. And we'll be yeah. there to help you.
0: We 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 set up the blueprint, right? We give them the blueprint, and they innovate and find a way to to build and create something where they think they can deliver that message that we're trying to give as well, right? So that's how some of the greatest things have been created is through innovation. So if we can give them the the right stepping stones, the right doors to open. Let's get them to walk through it and create more doors for for others, right? So that's
1: the way I see it. And at the end of the day, and I thought about this too. And Tyler, you probably agree with me what I say with this, because we're both in the same boat right now. You and I can quit being a student right now. You and I can both quit playing our sports. You can say, I want to quit soccer right now. I can quit playing basketball right now. But one thing that we can never, ever quit is being Black. Mm-hmm. Like, we can quit everything else in our life right now. Like I said, we can quit being a student. We can quit being an athlete. We can quit living in North Bay. We can quit a lot of things. But one thing we can't quit is ever having our skin colors. Yeah. So when, like I said, for some of those people who don't get it or don't understand, you know, why we're doing all this stuff. Like the ignorant people, like, you know, when we talked about a few months ago with like um, the comments after the article put out about me, like all those, you know, let's cater to a separate. Like mm-hmm. those people are just like, like I said, you can quit all those things, but you can't quit your skin color. Like yeah. all the stuff that as marginalized communities go through day in and day out, like you can't quit that. Mm-hmm. so excuse us for trying to push so hard to try to make change in our community because we got to go through this every single day mm-hmm. so try to walk a day in our shoes not even a day try to walk an hour in our shoes and see how you feel yeah and then you'll see why we're going so hard yeah it's okay. something it's oh, something
0: that you know it's we can't make them fully understand but we can try to help them see it from a different perspective know and that's that's basically all we can try to do right because they'll they'll never truly understand what it's like but we can we can try to build that allyship right which is essentially what we want to do right we just want people to understand that this is something we face but we're trying to overcome that and build a community together especially in a small community such as north bay right yeah
1: yeah, Jason, I definitely wanted to bring you back in this conversation. I know before I asked my final question to start, but for quickers, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to ask any questions um that you had.
2: Nothing really. I'm just kind of you know listening, learning, getting to hear different perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ty said, honestly, world's about perspective. And yeah, I couldn't have said it any better.
1: Yeah, that's what I love about Jason, because there's there be some people that were like you know, being known, oh, talking about this again, but like what I appreciate about Jason, like he's always no seriously, like this is for real. Like he's always willing to actually like have the conversation. Yeah. Like, like Just we need straight. like we, like Good. we need allies like Jason, like you know people that are actually willing to actually listen, actually learn, and then find the ways they can help, right? So because I said it before too, like when a black person says the same message it's like yeah, 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 but like people like Jason, like you know people that are white, communities saying the same message it's like oh, like it hits different, right? So it's like oh snap, like this is actually a problem, right? So yeah yeah so I really I know I guess it just I don't say it enough like I really appreciate it, and I just always thank you for letting us have this type of conversation on the podcast now easy because I know sometimes it might be a little <coughs> bit just because like, it doesn't affect you personally but I just appreciate you for always letting us and let our guests have these type of conversations so thank you
2: of course man and that's the thing about like where, where I'm from I'm in a small town right it's not the most diverse town it's slowly getting better and better but like these aren't things obviously I see every day but yeah. how else am I going to learn about what's going on, what I can do to be better as a, you know, as a, as a yeah. person as a whole. Right. So why and honestly, <laughs> honestly,
0: you have to be like, you have to be, even sometimes conversations like this can be uncomfortable for us. Right. So in order to, this is what something I kind of live by is like, you have to be uncomfortable at all times in a sense, right. That's the only way you're truly going to grow. And And that's the true definition of learning because any real learning that you have and experience and go through, you're going to be uncomfortable doing it. The first time you picked up a basketball, you probably shot an air ball, bricked it off the backboard. Right. And that's not a good feeling. It's not, it's very uncomfortable that you're going through that, but you you're willing to go through it and find a way to perfect it Mm -hmm. to, to that point where you become comfortable in it. Right. So then you develop, let's say it's the basketball analogy, you develop your jump shot. You're comfortable with your jump shot. Now you're like, okay, let me be uncomfortable with making this bounce pass um, to the middle of the key or something like that. You practice that. You practice that. That's just how life life is. You got to be uncomfortable in order to grow and learn new things and put yourself out there. Really, that's the only way you're going to grow as a person.
2: Be comfortable being uncomfortable. It is. Yeah. It it's true about being a lifelong learner man so many people when ask a question like if you could live forever like would you or you know the questions related to that a lot of people say oh what's the point you, you would get repetitive if you're a lifelong learner there's always something new you could, like and there's me. no excuse there's always something you could learn
1: mm-hmm. so. so before we get into our quick hitters sorry um we talked a lot today, and I really appreciate you coming on because you have a tremendous story. And I'm always the type of person I always tell people, listen, if you have a great story, please share it. If someone's <laughs> going to benefit from it, Excuse like Anytime you have like a great story like yours, for example, like, please, please share it because there's always someone that could benefit from your story. Yeah. The question I have, the final question I have for you before we get to our quick hitters is, what's the main message you want people to get out of your story today? Like you said a lot, you know, in terms of your mental health and your health condition and new base and stuff that you do with your tutoring stuff for like that. But if you can put into one main message that you want people to get out of this podcast, what would it be?
0: Ooh, that's, that's heavy. <laughs> um, I think honestly, just life's a marathon, you know, life is a marathon. You're going to go through ups and a lot of downs, but you can't have the ups if you don't have the downs. You can't smile if you don't frown. You can't laugh if you don't cry. Everything that you experience is, for, is not only for a reason, but it's to help you deal with that situation in the future, help you grow as a person. You can't experience those joyful moments, those joyful experiences, if you don't have bad ones as well. Um, so you have to take the good with the bad and you have to roll with it. You gotta treat life like a marathon. That's, that's something that I try to do every day and understand that some days are going to be better than others so just keep pushing keep working and you'll see the result at some point
1: well my guy tyrell seriously man like there's a reason why i told you i wanted you to start off season three so thank you <laughs> for, for coming on bro like, Seriously, i really enjoyed it uh, no problem so now we're going to our quick segment so this is the part of the podcast where we asked our guests a question and that's us answer as fast as possible so jason got the questions ready
2: well i'm ready whenever you are man
1: perfect all right, Tyrell, first question. Who's your favorite artist?
2: Ah, uh, J-Cole. <laughs> uh,
0: artist or a song you have on repeat? Ooh, right now, Location, Burn Boy and Dave.
1: Okay. Uh, all-time favorite album?
0: Ooh. Oh, that's tough. Oh, um, I'll say Damn right now, Kendrick Kumar. That's the first yeah. thing that just popped in my head.
1: The end of that, before we continue, he got to drop in the album. Hopefully by the time <laughs> he got an album out, but it's been four years, man. But
0: I know, he's got a, he's, he's a project, for real. I'm waiting for I, it. I
1: think he's got something on the way, but like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is yeah, got next one.
2: Uh, favorite athlete? Uh, Vince Carter.
1: Ooh, okay. I had to put my whole arm in the rim. <laughs> uh, next question, last show you binge watched? Last show I binge watched?
0: Uh, Invincible, yeah, Invincible, it's
2: on Amazon, Prime, yeah. Prime is so, so, <laughs> on. the most underrated, <laughs> platform. so if you could spend a day with someone dead or alive, who would it be? And Ooh, uh, J. Cole.
1: Alright, so this is a personal question for me. I actually won this last season, I think it was 2220 because the twins put me over the top. No, it was no 2218. I put my twins over the top. So let's see how this season starts. So Tyrell, mm-hmm. do you like pineapple on your pizza? Ooh. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I
0: see you. I'm sorry. <laughs> what
1: did they say? New season, same results.
2: <laughs> well, uh, we still have yet to have one for this, but uh Milk before cereal or cereal before milk? Oh, cereal before milk. You're doing it wrong if you do it the other way around. Sorry.
1: Sorry, Tyler. Hey, I'm doing milk before cereal. Sorry, man. <sighs> Why? Why?
2: Why? <laughs> Adrian, add what else you do. Add the whole process.
1: What? Put in the microwave? Yeah. And what? I like warm milk, bro. Hey. hey. Damn. Man, you like warm milk like that for real? Yeah. Uh, next question. What's one thing people don't know about you?
0: One thing people don't know about me. I have a good photographic memory. Me too. If I look like if I look at a license plate, like me a too. quick glance, I'll remember it.
1: Me too. Yeah. Like, when I was younger, like my dad would actually ask me, Tejan, what's my license plate number? I was like blah, 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 blah.
0: Yeah, I still do that, yeah.
1: Yeah, me too. Like, I still all my parents' license plates, my brother's license plates. The crazier thing about me too, though, is before I get to the next question, is like, yo, if someone says something to me, I'm going to remember it too. Like, if it's something that, like, pees me off, or, like, something that's super small, like, it, it stays in my head. Like, that's weird.
2: <laughs> I can attest to that fact, because I remember Tejon telling me something that was, like, a year and a half ago, and I'm like, dude, how did you remember that? <laughs> how did you remember <laughs> <laughs> I would have forgotten that for like, sure. If, no way. I feel
1: like, and it's, it's same with people too. Like, I, I remember people's faces a lot, but I feel like if... They, and for some reason, whatever they said, or that person had like some type of impact in the smallest way in my life, yeah. somehow I'm gonna remember. I don't know what it is. Yo, certain things that people have said in the locker, I'm not gonna talk about it because quick critters, but like I still remember it from first year, I still remember it.
2: Um, not when- the kind of guy you're at the club, you got in an argument with a guy, but somebody in the back, like. 20 20 people back flipped you off he'll know that he'll guy know that he'll remember the guy who flipped he'll see off. that and remember his face <laughs> i'll remember that
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right next question question number 10
2: uh favorite movie dark knight oh
1: okay.
2: batman okay. okay
1: uh next question what's one skill you wish you were good at one skill yeah
0: oh uh, i wish i could speak a second language
1: really oh,
0: yes i'm trying to learn sign language
2: that's
1: yeah, yeah okay. that's the time I think only challenge.
2: Interesting. Uh, you got a nice question, Jason. Jason's kind of uh, kind of confusing to some. Imagine we're in an alternate timeline mm-hmm. in an alternate universe, like some Rick and Morty. shit, Okay, mm-hmm. you're still Tyrell, but you're not the, the current you. Yeah. What would you be doing in an alternate universe? Like, we're still on Earth, right? If we're still on Earth. It's like the same thing, but different timeline. Like, you mm-hmm. may have not chosen soccer, you may have never. You know what I mean?
1: No, it, it, it probably like, it probably you be a basketball player. Like you say, play basketball, right? Like it's yeah, a- I probably
0: make myself like six four, six five. No, no, no. <laughs> I gotta be I gotta be the ideal combo guard. So I'm gonna be like a six
2: six shooting guard. Yeah. Six, <laughs> he chose his parents. He's like, Ron's well, so my dad. <laughs> I'm be six, six.
1: He wants to keep up to my height. Like, hey, I'm trying to
2: be six, six because,
0: you know, I had a nice little jumper. You know, I could drive the lane. I was just short. So I had to stop playing. <laughs> I think I'll be a ball player. <laughs> okay.
1: uh, final question. So this is one that we've had, a, we've, a, we've asked a couple of times, and usually every person struggles with this. So if you got to take your time, take your time. Okay. If you could make a soundtrack of your life, mm-hmm. what three songs are you using?
0: First song is Breakdown by J. Cole. Second song, gotta be something more lively. Um I
1: think like it should be something that like describes like a comeback, like your comeback like.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what I'm trying to think of right now. I'd probably throw in like uh
1: from the bottom or like grinding on my life, like
0: yeah, probably like grinding on my life. You know I love Nipsey. Nipsey's the right. guy. Nipsey's the GOAT. Um that whole album's fire Yeah, but
1: you can do Victory Lap. You used to the whole thing. Yeah, whole, I probably
0: yeah. do I probably yeah, Victory Lap.
1: You victory Lap, Grind on My Life, Hustle Motivate.
0: Yeah, the whole yeah. Fire, 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 fire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, breakdown. We'll just say Victory Lap, second one. Um and uh My Life. It has to be like a reggae track now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, imagine did Feel Good by Barriss Hammond. Huh? Oh, no, no, no. You can do that song. No, no, no. You can do I Love My Life by DeMarco. Yeah, that's a good shot. I'll go with yeah. that. I'll go with that. I can't. I know this stuff. No, no, no. Barriss Hammond, Rockaway. Oh, yeah, That yes. always puts
0: me in a good mood, man. You
1: <laughs> no, you can also do Feel Good. If that to see I feel can't go wrong with time. Quick, quick, quick story before and quick story before we end. great. Uh-huh. Year, I did a presentation for French class and we had to create a restaurant. So I actually brought the poster up and I actually played the song from my phone and I actually, <laughs> I actually made my speech to time it so I would say stuff and as soon as I start my speech, it would play yeah. the person, I was like. <laughs> feel I feel good. I feel good. Like
0: That's a good song. He's a yeah. great artist.
1: Yeah.
0: Also, yeah, that'll be, that, be it. That'll be it. Be <laughs> Jay Cole. Breakdown, victory lap, and then just to feel good, Bears Hammond rock away. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, also if y'all t- don't know Bears Hammond, go look <laughs> up Bears Hammond and just feel good. Literally, you'll feel nice for yourself. <laughs> but
1: but, but, but <laughs> yo, <you'll, laughs>
2: <a> smile <laughs> on your face. Don't feel
1: weird, bro. But like, I don't know why, just because you're talking about the heart condition, though. Like, the song that I immediately came up to is Heart Attack by Demi Lovato. I was like, Definitely <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> <That's
0: laughs> not the song I'd write. To
1: you. <laughs> I was just thinking like the lyrics. She's like, "I'm, <laughs> like, I'm a hundred <laughs> If I ever did that, I think I'd have a heart attack,
0: like, bro." No, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, no
1: doubt. But anyways, that's all the time that we have. So Tyrell, man, great. Appreciate, way to you.
0: Three, Appreciate man. you guys. Thank, thank you so much for me. on, man.
1: Thank you so much for coming on.
0: No problem. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime good luck
1: on your season at the end of the month, man, yo. We're going to be rooting you on, bro, so good luck. Thank man. you. Get him, Look forward to
0: seeing you guys there. I think our first game is at home September 24th, I want to say. Against? La- Laurentian. So our rivals, you know, got to show up. I think it's a Friday night lights oh. game, I think.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. Yes,
1: sir. And that's a wrap on the season three premiere of the Lakers' locker room. We want to thank our guest, Tyrell Chambers, for joining us. You can find the videos on YouTube and listen to the full, on all podcast streaming platforms. See you guys next week.